across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia and Shara House where our hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Hello, everybody. Like, Good morning. We can't start the honest pod like that. We're the guys. Here's the thing. Hey, welcome. We're so glad you're here. It's it is the ten minutes before we start this. That's total mayhem. It's the crash. What are we doing today? Right. What, <laughs> what are, are we, we talking, talking about? Here's the good news: is that with Shara and I, which. It's just so, sorry, I got to take my jacket off. I'm burning up in here. Okay, just for a visual for those who are, if you're wondering why Carrie has a jacket on, she's in her home. She has a very thick sweater because it's our own the light sweater. And then she had a huge puffer jacket (laughs) on top of that sweater because, you know, Carrie in the cold. It's getting to be winter. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's cold. It's very cold. Uh, I am, we have some great news. I'm so excited that you guys are joining us today. I want to lead off with just some exciting news that we have. And this is a big deal because I can barely manage my own Instagram, <laughs> but but I decided, we decided that we would start an Instagram for the Honest Pod. Beep, 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 beep. We're so excited. Yes. So it is actually the dot Honest Pod because the Honest Pod was taken by someone who has three followers. <laughs> so it's always the one with three followers I know. and they're and gonna hold on to it they're like nope nope mm-hmm. you can't have it last time i posted this? Nope. was a year and a half ago but i'm really gonna bring this thing back <laughs> one day so anyway it's the the dot honest pod you can find us on instagram i'm gonna start posting we're gonna do a giveaway on there and we're gonna have some fun over there and then be posting all of the people that we're interviewing and clips from shara and i so it's gonna be a fun little community over there which is exciting and some other exciting news is we've been, we are officially through our first year or whatever it would be. Of, yeah, first leg. Yeah, of the On the Light Tour. Mm-hmm. It's been cool. Yes. It's been, we have been to Illinois, two stops in Illinois. We've been to Tennessee and we've been to Arizona and all of them have been so awesome. It's so weird that you only named three places because it feels like we've been on like seven stops. It does. It feels like we've been through In a, a great lot. way. Yeah. And they're really, every stop is so different. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Like even what the Lord does in the stop is so different. So it has just been, we, I mean, in Tennessee, we had an altar call. I mean, I can't tell you the last time I was a part of an altar call, but Jesus was like, here we go. We're doing it. Well, let me tell you something. When you're on tour with Carrie, you're just never quite sure what's going to happen. So the last church we went to, they had a baptismal outside. And I said, don't let Carrie see that. Because you never know what's That's gonna actually fair. I did not know that because honestly, I'm like, well, why didn't we do that? I was um, like, we did not plan for this. This is gonna be a fire hazard because if she knows that baptismal's out there, we just take it. Something's gonna happen. People, people taking a dive tonight <laughs> into their faith and into this water. Let me tell you, that is real. Now I'm, I'm actually sitting going. I would have done that at that one. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, at the at the Tennessee one, like 200 women came up to the altar. It was mm-hmm. wild. And then even in Arizona, we had people just linking arms literally around the entire place, holding hands, linking arms, praising God together. It was, it's been such a beautiful night at each stop. So if you haven't gotten there, we do have an, a spot that just opened up in February. If you have been like, man, I really want to bring the Own the Light tour to my church, this would be this would be the stop for you. We have a stop in February that's open and then a stop in June that's still open. So if you want to be a part of that, you just have to go to onalighttour.com and click on the church partnership. So, but it's been super exciting. The Arizona one, we went, I went for three days to do the Academy, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday night we did the tour stop, which I actually said would be my dream scenario because I could train all of these leaders. And then Friday night, all these people that come to know Jesus or, or are struggling in their faith that want to come back to the Lord would have a safe place and really equip leaders to train them. So it was yeah. so good. However, 
that this has never happened to me, but during the training, my body, my body's just been going through a lot lately, but my body was in, I was in so much pain, like my neck. Like sore? Yeah. Like my neck, my back, my, like my, the right side of my body was just whacked out. And I, interesting. yeah, it was so weird. And the Tuesday, the first day I'm like, putting oils on me while I'm preaching. I'm having to sit while I was like teach training. I had to sit in a stool. And I finally looked at Allison and was like, uh, which DJ Allie Mills, if you don't know, is also Allison and travels with me. She's my assistant and travels with me and my friend. And uh, <laughs> she, I looked at her and I like during the break and I was like, you need to call a massage place stat. And I need, ASAP to get, as yes, possible. I need to get into an, a massage. And so she hooked it up, got me a massage. I went there and I just need to break down what happened at this massage place. She, very sweet girl. I mean, very, very eager, very eager to <laughs> very, help solve. Which is like, why? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, hold on really quick. You need to settle down, Sparky. I know. She was like, okay, you're hurting there. All right, I'm going to spend some time. I mean, I got a 90-minute massage. I've never got – I always oh, wow. get like an hour, you know, 60-minute or whatever. And I paid for the 90-minute because I'm like, I I can't finish my week out and be in this much pain. Like I need her to do some kind of magic. So she's like, okay, I'm going to do hot stones. We're going to pull the muscle away from the whatever. So I'm laying down and she begins this process. And the first thing she says, she puts all the oil on my hands and she goes, all right. So, you know, she talks in a very like massagey voice and she goes, all right, so we're going to get started. She goes, let, let's take a little walk around. And in the background, there's like birds chirping and like a river kind of flowing through <laughs> rocks on the sound. <laughs> she literally is like, let's take a little walk around. And she starts rubbing my back like she's going to do some observation, you know, and she's rubbing and whatever. And then she starts to like, she's whispers, which I'm not really into people talking to me while they're massaging me, but whatever. She was like, you were right. You're <laughs> You're really, really tight. And I'm sometimes like, a whisker whisper can be so much more aggressive than a yell. Totally. They really, totally. really are those times. And she starts to take her elbow and like rub into the parts that are, I guess, you know, knotted up. But here's what happens. Like there's something going on inside my brain where I'm like, I got to take this. It hurts so bad. <laughs> also but, so indicative of your personality. Right. I, Toughen up. I, like, I got to take this. And I'm literally like, <laughs> let me tell you something right now. Never in my life will I pay for something that is meant for my leisure that I have to I just got to power through, just got to take it and move on. I was like, I mean, I'm and then she's like, is that too much pressure? And I'm like, no, no, we're good. Yeah. You know, like it's I'm like tension in the voice. I got to take it. And, and she keeps going and I'm like, <laughs> here. Okay. For those who are listening, if you don't know by now, if you're new to the podcast, you might not know, but if you're not new to the podcast, you very much know these sounds she's making. These actually happened. Carrie getting a mas- yeah. The- Carrie getting this massage. This lady probably thought she was exercising a random lady that decided to come in to her massage parlor. She was not ready for Carrie, and Carrie was not ready for her. It no, sounds like it, I wasn't, and yet I'm thinking the whole time I paid for this, and I need. Well, first of all, I paid for this, and this hurts. And second of all, I paid for this, and I need to get my money's worth because I. She must know what she's doing because it hurts. And then she's taking the stones and she's rubbing them on my back. And then she drops the stone. So as she's oh, rubbing, no. then she's up oh, here. Oh, it drops it. And then she, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like, I don't, are we having a conversation? I don't want to talk to you about this massage right now. She's like, she has to go all back to grab a couple more stones. Clinking, clink, 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 because the stones are <laughs> each other and they're sitting and the stones are so hot dude they're so hot but I'm like you gotta take it you need to have the heat on there but then I start thinking she's spending so much time on my neck and my back is she gonna get to my legs because my legs also hurt and then like do I interrupt her do I tell her hey I don't know if you well, heard me. Yeah, she's mid building a fire pit on your lower back right, right. now. And you don't want to break that up. And, and I also am like, 
I need her to get to my leg. The whole time I'm thinking, she's spending all this time on my back. Did she think that I was going to just only want the back? Did I did I somehow, did I confuse her or did I say that, oh, all I wanted was the back because I really do want the legs. And then I'm thinking the whole time, is she going to get to the legs? And then finally she gets to the legs. I'm like, oh, okay, she's going to get to the legs. But is she going to get to the feet? I do need the feet because my feet are hurting. <laughs> and is she going to get to that? And she really never got to the feet. And I was like, man, I should have said something. Then we flip over. Then she can do the whole time. I'm worried about what she's going to do on my back. The fact that she told me she's going to take a walk just through me the whole time. (laughs) Like, don't tell me you're taking a walk in my body. And then, and then the whole time I'm worried because I'm in so much pain. Like, and then it was over and she goes, how was that? I don't know how to answer. And you're like, I feel used and abused, (laughs) Stacy. Actually, I think her name was Stacy, but shut up. I, it yeah. might be, but I do. I feel the massage is such an interesting space for me, is what I want to say, because I am needing it, and I want. I do love a good. I do love a good rub down. <laughs> <laughs> as much as the next girl, as much as the next girl, but. I, I'm conflicted because I'm wanting to control what's happening. I'm wanting to make sure we're communicating well. Yeah. I also want to make sure that, like, I don't want her to think that I'm a wimp, like that I can take it. <laughs> I'm grunting. I am contemplating whether I need to have a conversation with her. There's no enjoyment. I get out of the other side. I'm like, in my head, I've been all about like thinking about if she's missing it, if she's going to do it. I'm thinking this hurts. Is she getting, is she getting where she needs to get? Am I actually going to be healed from this? The whole thing was really not enjoyable, but here's the good news. I did feel better the next day. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, that'll preach. So I don't know if you're planning on wrapping that around, but that'll preach. But here's my thoughts. On massages in general. I hate them. I feel like it feels like someone is trying to literally physically extract your soul from your body. And I don't understand why people pay to do it. So you don't I've like gotten, any kind of like, no, like shoulder like, even like the slightest, like the slightest touch when people like lovingly like put their hands on your shoulders and like, you know, squeeze a little bit. I literally want to like karate chop them in the face. Like, does that mean I'm probably really tight and have a lot of like tension and stress in my shoulders. Yes. Right. Is it there? And I've been able to live this far. Yes. Is that also indicative of my personality? Yes. Okay. But here's my thing. I got a massage once, a professional massage once. And the entire, here's at the end of the day, what I'm saying is I don't understand the people that can go in, get a massage and just be like, that was lovely. Because it's not a lovely experience. I have had lovely experiences, but I need you to treat me like a newborn baby. Like you just, yeah. you just rub my body. You know the, yeah, the, the, the videos, like, I don't know if you guys have them on reels on um, Instagram and stuff where they put the oils in the babies and they just kind of like play around with the rolls. You know what I mean? Just kind of like you're kneading bread. <laughs> like, Here's what I don't want you to, to get- do. I, I definitely don't want you to put oil on my body and play around with my rolls. Just need me like a, a, a big violating. slab of dough. That's all I need. <laughs> I don't even want my husband to do that. Like, keep your hands away from the rolls, baby. Listen, but just move I do, them around. I do want, like, I do love a good, like, soft. I what I've learned is my temperament and my personality is if you're coming at me hard, I'm gonna take it, and you're gonna, I'm gonna, take I'm, it. I'm gonna lay up there. Like, oh, that's what I was doing, literally, mm-hmm. like labor. I'm going through this because in my head, she knows what she's doing. I am in a lot of pain. She needs to heal. And I will say, like I said, I did feel better, but I have learned this about me. I, I'm a glutton for punishment. Like I'll take it. I will be like, okay, I'm going to take this because I deserve it. Like, honestly, (laughs) my body deserves this because I don't know what I did, but I ruined it and she's going to help fix it. But really kindness to myself is, Hey, go easy on me, man. Yeah. Be like, Hey, let's take it from a 10. To a five, Stacey. Yeah. <laughs> but Let's I can't not go say for it. a walk. My, I don't want to go. That wasn't a walk. You went for a marathon. You went for Irish a river dancing <laughs> on, <laughs> on my back. My back. So I, we've learned something here today. And some of you mm-hmm. are like, I know that you're a massage therapist, and you're going to come and tell me. And you know what? The proof is in the pudding because I mm-hmm. felt better. I did. Like yep. my neck, I'm thinking about it right now. My neck, my back, everything. Look at it's you. You're so, so loosey goosey. You I'm guys so can't loosey. see it right now, but she's a noodle. Yeah. I'm so seen. great. And so it was worth it in the end, but in the process of it, 
the stones, the dropping of the stones, the clanking, the talking, the stress on whether she's going to get to my whole body. The whole thing was indicative of my personality. Mm-hmm. And all this to say, it's hard for me to relax. Okay. So, <laughs> and all I'm saying at the end of the day is this is it. So that's my week. God did well. He, he showed up <laughs> in. God in, was really good. Not in the massage parlor, but that felt very, very absent of anything. Which moves me into our, our talk on the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are guys. Okay. So something so interesting happened. I was on a call with a team of people We have our Courageous and Free, which is our online Facebook, private Facebook group. You are more than welcome to join that. That is, it's free. It is, we pour into you every week. Um, And every Wednesday I, I pour into you. There's like, we have writings on there. We have sharing on there. And there's just a bunch of women. There's over a thousand women in that, that just love on each other. And it's a beautiful space. Well, I have ambassadors that help run that. There's about 12 of them that help run the Courageous and Free. So I had once a month, I pour into those ambassadors and I had our month meeting yesterday. And one of the girls has a really large platform. She has a really large platform on Instagram, over 50,000 followers, and it's all directed around her children. Um, dancing and they kind of started this in COVID and they all dance and do this whole thing. It's just, it's, it's super cute. And it just skyrocketed. Well, yesterday she was talking to us and she was saying um, how she's pulling it down. They're like literally going to pull it down. And we actually were able to hold space for her and just, the thing is, is she's like, I'm not sad about pulling it down. I'm sad about why I have to pull it down. Mm. And she's like, here's the deal. I got over like striving and platform and all that stuff a long time ago. What I am shocked about is how their Instagram has gotten so big. Who has started following them? Mm. And she started to tell us about, so her boys, her young boys, are dancers. They're really good dancers. And she's actually a phenomenal dancer. And, um, so these other boys, like the other boys ages and stuff have started like copying their dances and, you know, things like that, just kind of how they do on TikTok and Instagram. It's like, okay, I want to, I'm going to copy this dance and do it. So they started doing that. And she started following all of these boys that are doing these dances. And she started seeing a lot of what was happening in the comments. And a lot of these parents, a lot of you parents out there, maybe not the ones on the Honest Pod, but don't really uh, monitor their kids' Instagram mm. or their kids' TikToks. And she goes, Carrie, it's the comments about like literally straight up, I want to have sex with you. I want to oh like, gosh. like, you know, DM me, like I've DM'd you, check out your DMs. And this is now starting to happen, especially to one of her children. There mm-hmm. has been direct comments. So she now has her own her own Instagram and she kind of monitors her, basically yeah. her boys because she's like, hey, this is like the fun thing we want to bring light. They're doing like all of this outreach for nonprofits. They're raising money for it. Like she wanted it to be this place of goodness and delight. And it's become this place basically of just predator-like crap show. And she's like, I have to pull it down. Like I can't, I cannot in good conscience keep this up and allow my children to be exposed to this kind of stuff. And this just got me thinking about our conversation about the enemy's plan and how he attacks and navigates littles and our world as littles. And, you know, this is, it's not even like the enemy, the darkness. She was like, it is so insidiously dark like Mm. and it's not even hiding anymore like it's not even trying it's in the comment section totally it's like out there she actually reported to instagram all of these different accounts like hey just so you know i'm reporting this account he's soliciting sex from children and literally instagram wrote back to her and said he doesn't violate our our um you know whatever contracts or whatever for Instagram. And she's like soliciting sex doesn't like to a minor. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, um, they're allowed to make comments, you know, whatever. And I just thought, man, people are getting pulled off of Instagram for all kinds of crazy stuff. But this one 
it's, it's, it's not pulling them down. And so I just, I, I find it in like, it's just so dark and I want to yeah. have this conversation. And again, I know like, you know, wrapping up this whole conversation on the enemy, what we talked about, you know, last week, and then what we're talking about right now, we have to start to see why going into our story is so important and yeah. how, how the enemy works insidiously. Like there is, you know, there is something of he seeing like the goodness and delight of her children, bringing joy to the world and literally mm. wants to assault it and tear it down. And I just thought like for us, <clears throat> obviously it's not that, and she's shutting it down and protecting her kids. And that's great because she's, she's actually monitoring it. And, and I just think about how our stories and how us as children, how the enemy has come into the places of our story yeah. and assaulted us in ways that we don't even, we might not even know, you know? And, yeah. and yet I think about this generation and if we don't start talking about this, now we're doing this work, Shara, you're doing this work, I'm doing this work to begin to take those stories of our childhood, allow God to tend to them so that we can play in the present with more freedom. That's yeah. literally why we do this because we're right now we are involved in our present um, with a lot of shackles and a lot of bondage. So we go into the past to be able to engage our story. And when we engage our story, it allows us to <clears throat> repent for the future. Hey, and repent just means to turn from whatever's keeping us in bondage, whether we've caused the harm or someone else has caused the harm so that, and hear this friends, so that we can play in the present differently than we did. Yeah. So that yeah. we can enjoy the present differently than we did. I think about all of our generation, like the gener the young generation that is out there now and what we're going to have to do that if we don't do some of this work and identify how the enemy works, mm -hmm. what are, how, what kind of help are we going to be for the next generation coming up? What yeah. kind of, how are we going to engage them? Because the enemy is not even hiding anymore. Yeah, no. So I, I just kind of want to have this conversation around how do we, not only how do we know how the enemy works, because we kind of talked about that last week, but really how do we stop it? How, yeah. how do we begin to shed light onto this, onto these stories and onto this place? How do we pull back the veil and begin to go, wait a minute, not on my watch. Are you going to continue to have your way in my life and mm -hmm. have your way in the life of these young people that are coming up? And so, yeah. I don't know. I'm just curious, Shara, for you, how are you kind of looking at not just your own story, but the stories around you and, 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 and where are you, do you find yourself confused? Where do you find yourself yeah. pissed? Where do you find kind of, where do you find yourself in this subject that maybe our listeners are kind of sitting with you that we could kind of dialogue with today? Well, I think something that I realized a couple of years ago, actually at a Freedom Academy, because I, we've kind of talked about many, actually, we haven't kind of, we've talked about on the podcast a lot, our story mm -hmm. and how much assault there was on our story, which so affects where we are today, who we are today, the parents that we are today, how we show up as ourselves mm -hmm. or a version of ourselves. That's not truly even who we were created to be. But I think what was really interesting to me a couple of years ago, and I think it was after a Freedom Academy, mm -hmm. and I was processing like one night at home and I realized that I feel like, and this is just a theory. Mm -hmm. I, I can't even say that this is a fact, but it's something that I noticed. The common thread was people were attacked at on in all angles to make something that was so a part of who they were created to be look dirty or wrong mm. so that they were in turn never to use it again. Mm -hmm. Like it, this is actually a bad thing about me. So for you, it was your voice. It right. was your truth. You know what I mean? Mm. At a young age that was attacked at all angles mm. and was meant to be such like an evil quote unquote thing. Mm -hmm. um, so that when, as you got older, you wouldn't access that because obviously that's who you were created to be. And so I got really curious about, because I know that that was true for me in my own life. And then after a freedom Academy, I realized that like what people were doing when they were sifting through some of their story as a child was things that were actually real desires in their heart or really like embedded in who they were is something they deterred from as they got older, because something in their childhood 
made them feel like it was evil, bad, wrong, dirty, mm. which was actually like such a strength of theirs right. and like something that they were called to. And I thought that that was really interesting how strategic it was. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like, oh, you're it's, I feel like Satan will hit it on every single angle to make you know without a shadow of a doubt i am wrong i am bad let me stay as far away from this as possible so i think that um i i mean i feel like the way that we're attacked when we're child like if we can go back and really examine how we were attacked Mm -hmm. we can actually really look at who we were created to be Mm -hmm. i think it's actually a really clear what do you feel like for you what do you feel like is the goodness that you brought that was attacked? Mm-hmm. I was very, pl- but I, I wasn't allowed to be anything more than just one, someone's support system. So stay in the shadows, mm-hmm. stay behind the scenes, unless I need you to be something, then show up. Um, my, my voice was very much like, don't talk, don't speak. And actually like, that was said with physical violence. Right. Anytime you share your opinion or your thoughts or your emotions or your feelings, mm-hmm. like shut it down. Like mm-hmm. you were not meant to have that. And I think also like this playfulness, mm. this like sense of like innocence that I had was, I think there was a lot of jealousy wrapped around it probably, yes. the lightheartedness of it. Yep. And so that was, that got me in trouble a lot too. There's a lot of different things. Yeah. But I think- a lot of what I struggle with now that I feel like actually really drawn to is, is a struggle because I, my body is telling me from what I know as like a kid, we don't do that. We're not allowed to do that. That's not for us. That's for other people. Our job is to be a support system. It's to stay behind the scenes, Mm, like stay small. You know what I mean? Stay small. Yeah. 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 I also see, um, because I mean, I know you, but a real emphasis that all you are is a pretty face. I, oh yeah. I can't sure. yeah, I can't tell you how many times I, you know, when you were young, how I mean, even at like mom and dad's wedding, like how grandpa went around and said to everybody all these like deep and meaningful things. And then mm-hmm. he got to you and he's doesn't, you know, he doesn't know, but mm-hmm. and then just was like, and then Shara, you're so pretty. And yeah. it was like, what? Like I even mm-hmm. I was like, what? That's such a weird, mm. it's, it's like, there is these places where stay there, be pretty, be quiet, just yeah. make us look good. And, mm-hmm. and that's what you have to offer. And so it's, it's like literally this insidiousness of, of the marring of your glory beyond just a pretty face, you know, like, yeah. and what I have loved is that there's been such a fight in you to fight against that. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, like it would be, I, I, whenever I always know, like whenever Shara is kind of like struggling, you go to that place. Um, this was when you were younger, but you would go to that place of like, okay, I'll just, I'll do an Instagram for, to be pretty, you know, like I'll, 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 I'll like make my face up and, and, and you get, you get acknowledgement right away. Like, yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. You're so pretty. Oh my gosh. And which validates the fact like, oh, this is because everything else I'm trying to do doesn't really seem to be going anywhere, but this is my lane where apparently this is all I told that my entire life. Yeah. This is what I am. But what's so funny is that there is something in you. And I believe that this is the Jesus in you that, that fights that I am more than a pretty face. So like if you leave your phone lying around Shara, you will find <laughs> you will find a photo in your photo album guaranteed of her with the 100%. craziest faces on, like just being so silly, so funny. And when I start to see you like coming out of those spaces, again, this is when you were a lot younger, um, you would pendulum swing. You know, there would be this like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm going to be really pretty. And then like, this is what everybody wants. So, and this is what I'm getting applause for. And I'm feeling really assaulted and attacked and small. And so this is where I'm going to show up and I'm going to show up with this face. But whenever you're doing healthy work, which is, I mean, clearly you're just off Instagram altogether because you're like, I just don't (laughs) even care because you've done so much work that it's like, I don't Mm -hmm. even need it. But when I've seen you kind of move into those places of health, you show up so internally beautiful, you know, and like, there's this just like health around you. And I just, I find it so interesting that 
we don't realize how much the people in our lives, knowingly or unknowingly, have partnered with the enemy against our soul. Yeah. And and we hate that because we want to go, no, my parents were good or grandpa meant well or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but the reality is he fed into a lie that was being planted so early on. Yes. And the enemy allowed that data to come and go, see, even grandpa loves all mm-hmm. the, all but these that's the thing words. is it's so strategic. It's yes. not flipping. It's not just like he's over here, like, you know, shooting hoops. Like hopefully he makes something and like, Oh, I'm, I landed that one. Like she feels insecure about this. Let's go with this. Mm-hmm. Like there's like a strategic assault mm-hmm. on usually a few specific things. Yes. It's thematic. Yeah. So true. Yes. Like God's not like the enemy's not a, attacking you on like, Oh, you know, your ability to, I don't know, sing or I don't know, whatever, something that's yeah. not even like, it's just not even in, well, actually you're a pretty good singer, but like a, well, assault you. you in something that, you know, your accounting abilities. Okay. Yeah. Like you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm not a good accountant. I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, like whatever. That's not going to affect not my me. wheelhouse. So yeah. organization is not going to be where he's going to assault you. Cause you're like, yeah, great. I'm I don't even want to do that. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's going to be in these places where you find deep desire and pleasure. And exactly. so, yeah, you, you know, it's, you love bringing light and laughter and fun. And actually there's a depth to you that has, has so been there since you were young and that has been assaulted. It's so Mm -hmm. interesting because I look at like the theme of my story is definitely around my ability to rally a room and bring, bring truth, like bring Mm -hmm. truth in a way that kind of disrupts the room. And I remember having a conversation with dad and dad did not mean this to be hurtful. He didn't. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he was just trying, he, you know, I think in his humanity, he was trying to not set me up for disappointment. I mm-hmm. think in that moment, the enemy definitely partnered with us because I remember telling my dad, like, I just want to speak and I want to, I want to speak to, to thousands of women about hope and Jesus. And, and that's what I want to do for a living. Now you have to understand my dad. He is very about like, make sure that you have a good, you know, good financial systems in place, mm-hmm. you know, take care of yourself. Type number eight yes. on the Enneagram. Be, yeah. be responsible. And I'm so thankful for that because to this day, I have a great savings plan. I have, I'm really good with money. I'm really responsible mm-hmm. with money. But in that moment, he said, well, Carrie, you know, that's like to be a speaker at that level is like the NBA. It's like, it's like the 1% get to do that. And yeah. you're not the 1%. And mm-hmm. I remember that sentence. Now, again, I, I want to say that he is so supportive of me, so proud of me, loves mm-hmm. what I do, just is probably one of my biggest champions and fans. But in that moment, the way it came out, m- probably meaningly, meaningfully well, like wanted it to be yeah. good. It, I cannot tell you how much that has played in my head yeah. Like for years. And mm-hmm. that's the enemy. That's the enemy taking something that said, see, even your own father doesn't think that yeah. you should do this. So you better, you're not the 1% carry. So mm-hmm. don't achieve, don't try to get to the 1% settle. And you know mm-hmm. what? Like I've had to really break that agreement off. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to move into is, so we know the enemy's done this work. We know that he's assaulted our story. So what do we do with it? Like, are mm-hmm. we, do we just become aware of it and go, oh, okay, he's attacked me here. Or he's assaulted me here. Or, okay, I can start to see a theme. You know, he started to downplay that, you know, I don't shine as bright as that person. So I shouldn't shine at all, you know, mm-hmm. or like that person's so gifted in all these areas. And all I am is, you know, all I have is this, you know, whatever, like, how do we begin to, what do we do? Like, what do Mm -hmm. we do to begin to not just be aware, but break ties with those agreements, you know? Yeah. And so I want to say, 
kind of how it works. Um, Adam Young from The Place We Find Ourselves does an incredible breakdown of really some of what we're talking about today. I'm not going to go as in-depth as he does, but if you want to go more in-depth, go to Adam Young's The Place We Find Ourselves. I think it's in like season two or something. You'll have to scroll down because he's done quite a few since then. But it's about an eight series on spiritual warfare. And it is the best I have heard on spiritual warfare. I've taken a lot of from it's very biblically based. It's really good. But the bottom line is we make agreements. We make contracts and we make agreements. There was a moment, Shara, in your life, and it didn't happen in just one moment. It happened in repetitive moments. But there was a seed planted that said, it is better if you shut up and if you stay small. Mm-hmm. And, and you made an agreement to that. Yeah. Well, something I found interesting, and I don't remember where I heard this, but I remember listening to some sort of psychologist or therapist talking about, especially as a child, a younger child, how we can't, we have to see things in black and white and not in gray. Mm -hmm. So if there's something as like a really young, I think it's like under the age of like five or four or something like that, our brain in order to make sense of things has to put them in the true or untrue category. Yep. There is no gray area right. for like, so especially if there's things in your life where before at such a young age, you remember your brain may have made an agreement, mm-hmm. even just because you're a child of like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what I know to be true because this is what I was told. Right. Like, so this is now, this is true forever. And it lasts with you until you combat it or until mm-hmm. you start to challenge it. But, um, and then you start to make agreements like, well, this is just what I know. This is a truth. Well, but is it? think about that. So our amygdala, which is like basically what protects us, our alarm signals is fully functioning and full, that's full size when we're born. But the yeah. hippocampus, which brings about reasoning and problem solving is not, it grows with us. When mm-hmm. we've experienced tremendous trauma, it actually shrinks Without our hippocampus, it can't bring reasoning to our brain and it's not fully formed when we're little. And so yeah. the reality is, is think about the, the tactic of the enemy who is very cunning and very smart. When is the best time to attack someone? When is the best time to embed lies? Is when you're young and you don't have the ability to reason out, yeah. wait, this isn't true. Yeah. You don't know. You just go, okay, yeah. this is the information okay, I am. It. And yeah. in order for me to get love and belong, I better shut up. I yep. better stay small. I better whatever, fill in the blank. Um, I better minimize the glory that I bring, the delight that I bring, and the pleasure that I bring to the world. Because if I if I keep doing that, I'm going to lose belonging. So the whisper begins little in the fact yep. that here's the lie. The lie goes deep, 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 deep into even when you're a little. That's why we do a lot. That's why I talk about story all the time. Mm-hmm. We have to uncover the fullness of our story, the particulars of our story, so we can actually understand how the enemy has particularly worked in our story so that we can actually begin to allow truth where our adult reason brain is coming in. And this is why it's so important to actually do story work with other people because Mm -hmm. Shara, you could sit here. And I remember we've done this before you've sat there and you just looked at me like, well, this is the truth. Like Mm -hmm. this is who I am. And I'm like, okay, well, can I say what I see? Because I'm seeing something different. And as you saw tears fill my eyes, as you saw even going to mom and when you went to mom and you were like, yeah, I had this like crazy panic attack in Europe, but Carrie thinks I should do this work. And, but I think I'm fine. And mom looked at you and was like, you're not fine. Mm -mm. And you were like, I'm not tripping. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because you've been so convinced that quote unquote, you're fine because in you being fine means that the enemy has you. You're not, you're not exposing him for what he's been doing. But the moment you stepped into that work, he started to get exposed for how he has worked insidiously in your story, which gave you the authority in Jesus Christ to actually break a contract that you made subconsciously, unwillingly, probably, uh, when you were little. Yeah. And that's 100%. what I and that's what I want to say. 
yes, it's hard work because we're actually rewiring what we have believed to be true about ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's painful. There is sorrow in repentance. There's not condemnation, but there's sorrow. And oh my gosh, I've been believing this for years. Mm-hmm. I've been playing small for years. Mm-hmm. And not only have I been playing f- small, it has literally affected the way I date, the way I love, mm-hmm. the way I see the world, the way I see God, the way I see my friendships, my parents, everything. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you say that's true? Oh, 100%. I think we, even in the unhealth of it, we build a safety net with it. Right. So once that safety net is ripped un- from underneath us, even though it's so like on the outside, you can see like, that's not good for you. That's not serving you. It still is all we, all we've known. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. So like, that's great that there's another option, but, and this has not been working great, but like, I've, I'm safe here. I know this, I know this pain. I know this hurt. I know this struggle and there's safety in that. Right. And so in that, like, can we, first of all, can we bless the little girl that did what she needed to do to survive her home? Yeah. Yes, we can. Can we bless the little boy that did what he needed to do to survive? We are incredible survivors. So we can bless that. But God is not asking us to continue just surviving. He actually talks about, I have come, the enemy has come to kill and steal and destroy, but I have come so that you may have life and have it abundantly. And he's not talking Mm -hmm. about in heaven. He's talking about here on earth. So Mm -hmm. how do we go into these stories and begin to break some of these contracts? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of practical tools. One, you need to sit with someone else. You cannot really do this work on your own. You can start to become aware. It can start to be with you and God, like, okay, there's an awareness, but there is a reason why the God created, um, why God said, it's not good for man to be alone. He said, I will provide a suitable helper. And the suitable helper means helper is literally, the word means uh, the same word for God that he uses in scripture. And he also uses this word helper in the Greek and Hebrew as military context. So like in a military Mm. context. So look, you need someone to go into battle with you. Mm. You need someone to be able to help you. So to break some of these contracts, you're going to need to sit with some of them. That might be a counselor. That might be, uh, you know, coming to Freedom Academy with us. Uh, I don't care where you can go to the Allender Center. You can go with um, Adam Young. There's a lot of people that are doing some really great work. Um, there's a really great book out called Redeeming Heartache. I love that book. Um, the Healing Path by Dan Allender. These are some great places to start, but you need to do this with someone because you cannot read your story well. Mm-hmm. You are living in your amygdala and your amygdala has no time frame. So wherever you're triggered at 47, 27, if you haven't healed that story, you're really just seven. You're really mm-hmm. six. Your brain doesn't know the difference. The beautiful part of working with other people where we grieve and we share our stories, we see that our brain and the hippocampus and the amygdala start to work together again and the hippocampus starts to grow. It starts to get bigger. And the reason why that's important is because the bigger your hippocampus, the more reasoning um, and problem solving you can have. Hmm. And that becomes healing. That's number one. You need to do that with someone. You need to get honest about your story and you need to do it with someone. Secondly, when we start to begin to see a theme in our lives, what I would encourage you to do is to sit down just even this week and start to see the, the, like anytime you're hearing something negative about yourself, like a condemnation word about yourself. So mine would be, I'm not doing enough. That would be a common thread in my mind or, um, I'm not doing enough and I'm not, and I'm not good enough. Like I, like what I am doing is not good enough. That's a, that's just a really common theme for me. And so I want you to write that down or, you know, start to write down whatever kind of comes into your head that feels condemnation, that feels negative, that makes you feel shame. I just want you to write it down, which I know this doesn't sound like a very fun exercise, but trust me, it's going to be helpful. Write Mm. that down just for like a week. And I want you to start to see what the theme is. What, what is the common thing that you're kind of thinking? There might be two or three, there might be one. Um, but there's going to start to be, there's going to be some random ones in there, but you're going to start to see a common theme around this idea that you have about yourself. And maybe it might take you a little longer than a week, but even if you just go for a week and, and, and as you start to see that theme, then I want you to, uh, to take that out 
and then begin to go, okay, God, I want to invite you into this word. I want to invite you into this place. And as I'm inviting you into this, I'm going to use the authority that you've given me. The Bible says that I have given you authority to trample on snakes, to actually dispel the kingdom of darkness. Now we don't want to, we don't want to relish in the fact that we have authority over the kingdom of darkness. Like we don't want to be like, bring it on. But what we want to do is we want to take those themes and we want to use the authority of Christ to break the contract. And here's what I'm going to tell you to do. You can literally do this exact thing. You're going to say, in the name of Jesus, I break the contract with the enemy and the kingdom of darkness that says I am not enough. I speak directly to it and I say, look, by the power of Jesus Christ, I break, the, I break this contract that I've made that I am not enough. And I send you to the, to the feet of Jesus to be judged for what you've done to me. I break this contract in the name of Jesus. And literally you break the contract um, that, and you say it out loud, I break the contract that I am not enough, that I am not doing enough. And I try to get as specific as I can. Um, Char's, yours would be, whenever it comes up, I break the contract that I am to be small and that my voice is to be silenced. I break this contract in the name of Jesus. And I send you, now I'm going to get dramatic, but I send you demonic forces to the feet of God to be judged for what you've done to me. Mm. And, and literally you stand in that authority. Now they're going to try again. They're going to try to bring it up again. And we are dealing with, we are not battling flesh and blood. We are battling spiritual principalities. But when it comes back up again, you acknowledge, I have broken this contract you have no power here, and I send you to the feet of God to be judged. Now, listen, here's what I want to say as a caveat. We cannot pray upward to this. We have to pray, pray directed to this. So I can't pray, Jesus, can you just make the enemy go away? No, Jesus says, no, I have given you authority to cast out demons. I have given you authority. You sign the contract, whether knowingly or not, you have to break it but I've mm -hmm. given you the power to break it. Jesus mm -hmm. actually can't break that contract. You have to take ownership of saying, I signed it. I have the power to break it by the power of Jesus Christ. You have to take ownership over your life. You have to take mm -hmm. back the territory that the enemy has stolen and you, and by the power of Jesus Christ. But Jesus cannot break a contract that you signed. He, mm -hmm. he can't do it. Now he's given you power to break it. Some of this is because he wants to train you on how to function in the kingdom of, of this earth, how to function with his authority. And, and it's like, you know, at some point, our good, good father, you know, our fathers in, on earth have to allow us to go, I've trained you well, stand in what mm -hmm. I've trained you for. I can't keep just, you know, I'm going to keep going and breaking these things for you. No, you, you have to learn how to stand on your own two feet. I got you. You, I will never mm -hmm. not be a child of God. I will never not have that power or authority, but I have to learn what it means to break the contracts that I've signed because this allows me to understand the authority that I have in Jesus. And so mm -hmm. does that make sense what I'm saying? What comes up for you? Any questions or thoughts for that, Shara? No. I agree. I think <clears throat> I was lucky enough to have a counselor who kind of walked me through this whole um, breaking contracts thing. And she walked me through it, which is really what we did. We did what you're saying right now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Over like a two week period. Yep. So, you know, you have someone that's helping you do that. And, and here's what I want to say is I know we can feel a lot of like the enemy wants, he's going to try anything. He's not just going to stop. You hold too much glory. I know you don't think yep. you do. <laughs> I know you're very convinced that you, you know, you're not, um, you know, Beth Moore or you're not Billy Graham or you're not whatever, <laughs> you know? So you're like, oh, so why does the enemy want to assault me? Listen, you bear the kingdom of God. You bear his glory. You are made in his image. You are a threat to the kingdom of darkness. I'm going to say it till I'm blue in the face because it will be very hard to convince you of this because of how convinced you are of how nothing you are. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, you bear the kingdom of God in his glory. Therefore, the enemy will not stop. He is relentless. He will keep coming. But the more that you stand in your authority, the more that you break continual contracts and there'll be more contracts that come up. I got, I got stuff that I'm like, oh, that's there. 
it's usually still around the same, pretty much the same theme. theme. Um, but I keep standing in those contracts. But I'm going to tell you right now, once the contract's broken, it's broken. They might come mm-hmm. back and try to say like, oh, you didn't break that. Like you're still that. You can just stand in your authority and the confidence going, no, I broke that contract. I'm going to move forward and I send you to the feet of God to be judged for what you're doing. Send mm-hmm. them to God. Send the enemy to God. Trust me. They have to stand before God and be judged for what they've done. And they are a no match. So I hope that this helps a little bit. I know this is a heavy thing and and I don't want to go too much more into it because we've already gone so, so deep, but friends, look, we're going into the season of Thanksgiving and Christmas and joy and jolliness. And I love all things Christmas. And I, I love that it's Christmas right now. And then we break for Christmas and have Thanksgiving and join Christmas back up again, because <laughs> that's <laughs> truly what's happening. Um, but I just want you to know, this has been important for both Shara and myself. This work, yes, it's hard, but I have literally watched my sister begin to engage a life and start engaging a life that is free from so much of what held her back. Mm -hmm. And I would say, Shara, you have watched me engage this work and be free from a life Mm -hmm. that has been such bondage in so many ways. We are not complete (laughs) <laughs> nope. we've got, we've got, we've got a long way to go, but God has been faithful and he is faithful to complete what he has begun from the very first time that you took your first breath, the glory that you behold and what you were created for. And although the enemy has tried to silence it, I hope that this podcast lands in your heart to say you have authority. So do the work, stand in your authority and my prayer is that this would land in a place that begins your journey to freedom. We love you yeah. guys. We can't wait to see you next week. Check out the dot honest pod on Instagram, share, 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 like, and review. It really means a ton to us. Um, and it actually helps more people to hear about our, um, sweet little honest pod over here. And so for you 11 listeners that are out there, our sweet, mighty 11, would you do us a favor and keep sharing this podcast, um, and letting the world know that the most beautiful places of freedom and healing start with an honest heart. We'll talk to you guys next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always. Oh.